Yo, just relax. Yup, y'all know the name. Name, 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 Take it personal. Right now you're tuned in to take it purse, take it purse, take it purse. Take it personal. Y'all ready to put y'all up on something, man? The revolution is here. No doubt, no doubt. Yo, this is KRS-One. Checking out the Take Your Personal Radio show. Yo, check it out, y'all. This is DJ Premier. Yo, yo, what's up? It's Black Thought from the Legendary Roots Crew. And you checking out Take Your Personal Radio. Radio, radio. Yo, check this out. It's the Soul Brother number one, Pete Rock. Yo, yo, what's up? This is Diamond D representing Digging in the Crates right here on Take It Personal Radio. The best in hip-hop. You are now checking out. Y'all know the name. Name. Boy, Farrell You already know what it is. I want to give a big shout-out to the Take It Personal show. This is Chuck D. This is Flavor Flay, boy. And you checking it out. Take it personal. So, yo, do that. Right now, you listening to Take It Personal. Spinning that fly shit. You heard? You heard? Yo, what's up? It's Eric Summer, the Green Knight Bandit, representing EPMD. Here on Take It Personal Radio. This the truth. Check them out. Check them out. Check them out. Yo, what's up? It's your artist name, Checking out Take It Personal. You're checking out Take It Personal with my people. Y'all care anymore about this hip hop man? <laughs> what you waiting for? Check it out, it's your boy MC Surgeon. And right now, you're checking out Take It Personal. It's not a game. Take It Personal. Alright, yo, ladies and gentlemen, right now, if you don't know what the fuck is about to go on, this is Take It Personal. With my boy, Full of Flavor, Kevlar, A.A. Ron, Roger the Announcer, and DJ360 with his thinking ass. This is Take It Personal, and we in the building, yeah, 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 And now, our exclusive interview with Blue. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special, very special guest. We have my man Blue up on the show. What up, Blue? Yo, what up, what up? How y'all doing? Thanks for joining us, man. So, um, yeah, we've been trying to get you on the show for a minute. We, we definitely want to chop it up. Why don't we start way back? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're from Englewood, right? I was born in Englewood. Okay, so you were born in Englewood because... Pac once said, Inglewood is up to no good. Is that a true statement? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the city of champions over there. Can you name four people that were born in Inglewood? Four other notable celebrities that were born in Inglewood. Oh, celebrities? Nah. (laughs) Mac 10. Mac 10. Mac 10 was born in Inglewood. Paul Paul Pierce. Pierce. Yeah, Paul Pierce. You got two. Can Can you give me two more? Um... Oh man. Matt Tyra Tim. Banks was born in England. Yeah, Tyra Banks. I remember that. That's the one I was looking for. And the last one is Brian Wilson of the legendary Beach Boys. Oh, okay. Oh, That's what's yeah. up, yo. So all right. So Inglewood. So you were born in Inglewood. When did you move out of Inglewood? Or were you just born there and you just pretty much No, lived? yeah, I was I was born there, but I grew up in South Central for mm-hmm. a while till I was like seven. Okay. And I think I was reading where, you know, you've been rapping since what, 17, 18, something like that, or? Yep. Okay. Probably 16. 16. 
And my cousin wrote my first rap when I was 13. Really? Uh-oh. Yeah. So no, I was actually 15 when I started rapping. Yeah. So you started rapping at 15 at the time. I don't know how old you are exactly, but what was that one album that pretty much was the game changer for you that made you say, this is what I want to do? It's dark and hell is hot, bro. DMX? DMX. That album? Whoa, really? I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Not <laughs> at all. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. So ringing it up already. <laughs> I, I, I was reading this and, and I don't always take everything I read off Wikipedia to heart because I know anyone can edit this, but it said that at age 20 or 21, like you were going to be signed to death row records. Like to me, that is completely like, I would never have guessed that, but I uh, want to know, yeah. is that, is that true? Or is it? Yeah, I was 19. I was actually 19 and um, I was supposed to sign with death row. Or I went up there to sign with Death Row, you know what I mean? My cousin uh, got me a um, like an interview with Suge, and Suge checked me out, had me rap for like, you know, in front of a bunch of bloods, you know what I mean? Shit. You know what I mean? I kicked my hardest bars. I kicked like uh, 50 bars, 64 bars, and 100 bars. Right and, what, there. and what do they think? They was blown away. They was like, okay, Suge was like, come into my office. Let's talk this out. And so uh, we, I went into his office, and he was like, what you looking for, man? Uh-huh. And I said, uh, a house and a car, bro. You give me a house and a car, we on. <laughs> <laughs> now, what what was the year that like, this happened to kind of put things in perspective? Because, you know, we, we know. 2002. Row, 2002. So I'm trying to think. 2002, that was that was. Past Snoop, they had already gone. Snoop had gone to, to, to No Limit. I think Corrupt was at the label at the time because he came back. So it was Corrupt, yeah. e- Eastwood, guys like that, right? Crooked Eye, yep. maybe? Crooked Eye. Crooked right. Eye, okay. yep. Corrupt was the VP. That's right. Corrupt was the VP. We talked about that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, wow. So, so you're 19. You're at the infamous Death Row Records. You're talking to Suge. Yeah. And you tell him you want a house and a car, and his reply was what? We can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, needless then what? To, needless to say, you didn't you didn't uh, end yeah. up on death row. So how I does didn't the story end? Up on end? Death row. Um, <laughs> then what? Well, my producer, my producer found out what I was doing. You know what I mean? About to get signed to death row, and he was like, uh, "Bro, give me one year, and I'll get you signed to Rockefeller." which was like the biggest label at the time. You know what I mean? I was like, ah, (laughs) I was like, and he produced like my whole album and everything. So I just roll with him. At that time when you were like rapping for Suge and the bloods and hanging out death row studio or records, whatever you're cause your lyrical style is, is very, I mean, I guess you could say East coast back then. Did you have more of a gangster type of, like vibe to your lyrics or um like what was the attraction there it was for that? it was more like battle rap i kicked yeah. like battle rap i was just kicking bars for them 
You know what I mean? Yo, yo, I guess the second first daughter, you forgot about your morals. But I don't give a fuck, dog. I'm in your mouth, you giving me orals. But this time, dog, I'm still gonna bust. And I don't give a fuck if Big Blue has ass gonna cuss. And I'm gonna rip this beat. Don't give a fuck about me. B L U E. You on the nightly trying to knight me. Just do it like some Nikes. A old punchline, retire, recite it, dog. Go rewrite it, get on the rhyme. That nigga swear your heart, cause your scots guard on your side. But you gon' need more than guard when my squads arrive. Dog, you symbolize the color purple. Look like Steve Urkel. I'm master the master ninja from the fucking Ninja Turtles. Fuck your pick back up, master splinter. Don't let me injure, kick your ass, kick you out like a ninja. But then I come back into and I hit you with another verse. The mic is my dog, you need a fucking other purse. Go recite some old bitch shit, but you get your ass lifted into the sky, dog. So it's like corrupt, like corrupt would do. Yeah, I was I was just kicking what I kicked in the ciphers, you know what I mean? Like 50 bars on the head, you know what I mean? 64. Right. Cannabis was out there, so I had my hundred bars ready. Oh shit! Oh. Now, were you conscious of what you were wearing? Like you wore no blue, what at all? <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, homie, what's up with the name? We're gonna have to change that. Yeah, I yeah. told him my name was John Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> smart man, his smart move. Yeah, smart you would you would have been called Red. I mean, I don't know how that would have sounded on on, on record. <laughs> but now uh, back up when you said when you said your your producer said give me a year yeah just so everybody knows who are you talking about i'm talking about my boy um els from long beach okay okay yep he's so, Els is produced for um i've heard that name before. amg for daz mm -hmm. for the mexicans uh, and he's done two albums with Technique. Okay. So this is, I'm sorry, you said this was around 18 or 1920, something like that? Yeah, I was 19. Okay. And this is 2002. So that leads me to this. Below the Heavens was probably recorded when, 2006? And it was released in 2007? Recorded in 2005. Five. Mastered and leaked in 2006. Mm -hmm. and then officially released in 2007 that's right i remember when it was leaked it took the internet by storm so you know at that time <laughs> there was only a few groups i think that got championed as hard as you guys did and that was initially slum village years prior around 2000 little brother and then uh -huh. of course you in exile and i think like i was saying before we recorded that that album breathe new life into hip-hop it it gave people especially on the east coast um almost a reason to continue to listen to hip-hop this was a very very different time as you can imagine the labels whether it was interscope uh def, uh, def jam or mca they kind of they changed the way hip-hop was being released they had a lot of influence in, in how the artists were making music and then you guys put together such a beautiful, honest album that really came out of nowhere. And I think, like I said earlier, it, it breathed new life into hip hop and it gave us a reason to continue to be attached to, to something we all grew up loving. So I, I appreciate that. And I, you know, I hate that whole giving people flower stuff, but I, I think it's important that, um, that I tell you that because that album was <laughs> truly inspirational 
It was monumental. It was an instant classic, and it, and it's aged beautifully. It's aged great. Oh, man. Really great. Thank you. Thank you, guys, man. That means a lot, yo. <laughs> that means a whole lot. For real. I mean, look, back in the day, Jason used to make these uh, mixes that he would call Sounds Like the 90s. Okay? <laughs> That's true. And, <laughs> and this must have been like Sounds Like the 90s, Volume 10, or whatever the fuck. And I'll never no forget, way. bro, you had Soul Amazing as a leadoff track. And when I got my hands on that latest mix at the time, I heard that song. I was like, yo, who who, who the fuck is this guy? He was like, yo, Blue in Exile. I'm like, holy shit. Dude, it caught me from the jump, dude. And then, you know, several months later, I heard the full album. And it's just been nonstop. Oh, man, that's what's up, man. Appreciate that. And, you know, we I was going to say, like, the production style of that record was just, it was so upbeat, happy, go lucky. It just, it was it, like, you know, it did definitely breathed new light. But Exile's production style was, like, really special, man. And I wasn't sure, like, how you guys yeah. politic to meet. But in 04, uh, Exile's music caught my attention. And the first record was this Ooh. little phase one. Uh, tracks like Get Up and uh, Ah We, and he was also on this Sound and Color compilation, oh, which you know was it. so dope. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, listen, I'm telling you, that track Algae on that promo was amazing. You guys, how did you find each other? How did that relationship develop? And do you think he was a big part of like the sound and direction that you were trying to take in your projects? I mean, what was that whole synergy like? Uh, definitely, we met up. Um, I met up with Exile through Aloe Black. Um, we were on, we were both on an album called Science Project from a group called Science Project. Politatainment was the album, and he was the DJ, right? Wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, he said, "You got to meet up with my DJ." And um, so Exile came out to a show and uh, checked me out, and he was like, "Yo, I'm working on this compilation. I want you to get on." And I was like, "Yo, I'm down." And uh, he sent me some beats and I actually, before I met him, somebody played me like, they gave me a mix, you know what I mean? Of like Eminem's best stuff, including some unreleased stuff. Yeah. And man, that shit blew me away. It was like Pete Rock and CO Smooth on like a whole nother level. It was like all these Brazilian samples. I was going crazy, bro. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's a good comp. Beautiful. He honestly, Exile I mean, chops like nobody else, man. And and huh. he just he went into those microseconds and just flip shit like in his early stages. And and it caught my attention. I'm like, what the fuck is Hell this? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I can feel that, definitely. Definitely with joints we like algae. You know algae I mean? was how the he, shit. How he went in and flipped it at the end. Oh, hell yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> hell yeah. We were talking before you came on about how the album, it, a lot of your music is, is what we call feel good music. It just makes oh, you feel boy. good. Word up. Not only the, the music, but um, in combination with your voice and delivery, it just makes people feel good. When you were recording Below the Heavens, I mean, when you heard after you record the songs and you listened back, did you know what you had? Like, yo, this is this um, really on. We felt good here. about it. We felt good about it, but we didn't know like what we were competing with. You know what I mean? We didn't know where, where it was going to take us. You know what I mean? We had toured Europe. 
So I was itching to get back out to Europe and give them some like my full album, you know what I mean, on stage, like live and uh, tour the States. And um, we were able to do that. The album actually leaked and people knew the songs like, mm -hmm. like three months into the leak. We were on tour and uh, they knew all the lyrics. <laughs> they knew all the lyrics. Wow. So by the time the release, came, by the time the album came out, man, it was just like an overflow of love. You know what I mean? That must have felt great, though, man, having the uh, having the audience already in on, on the tracks and lyrics while you're oh, on tour yeah. before the album drop. Before it dropped. I mean, I was devastated that it leaked, though. We had got the master. Um, I don't even know if we had the cover back then. But we got it was mastered for sure. And then uh, I had another album called Johnson and Johnson, which leaked. And and we were pushing an album called Crash, our bootleg of that. So we had mm -hmm. three albums out at once. You know, what I mean, in 2006. Do you know how the Below the Heavens initially leaked? You ever no. figure that out? No. no. Russian no. hackers. <laughs> Man, that shit was crazy. I don't know how it happened, bro. We had to, like, you know what I mean? It took a while to get mastered. So was there a real difference from the original to the mastered version? Um, Some of the originals were, like, were hitting pretty hard. I mean, I love I love Rome's mix. Like, Rome's, like, held it down, made sure the beats, like, hit. They sound just like they were fresh out the MP. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I could listen to the instrumentals and just... They sound perfect, you know what I mean? But um, some of the, I got used to some of the raw takes, you know what I mean? Exile released like a the demo version of some of the songs just because mm -hmm. he enjoyed like some of the raw versions of the songs as well, yeah. you know what I mean? Of course. When, when this came out, this is like your first real body of work that people are hearing, right? But it got bootlegged, people were downloading it. That had a feel like you were kind of robbed because you know right away from the the initial feedback that everyone's loving it, but these people are, are now downloading it. So one of your your goals, I'm sure, were well, how are they going to buy it, right? Definitely. I mean, that had to be a concern because here's this piece of art that you guys created, and now for several months, people are, you know, listening to this album. So, and I know the album got re-released multiple times and, and eventually, but what was the mindset of you and Exile at this time, knowing that your album, that everyone's calling, you know, album of the year or an underground classic is heavily bootlegged. How do you get these people to, you know, to financially support you? Because you spent all this time and energy and money, I'm sure, creating this piece of art. Man, unfortunately, Sound and Color went under right before our album came out. Mm. So there was only 7,000 copies of the CD wow. that came out from Sound and Color initially. Oh, wow. Those sold out in like a month. You know what I mean? 7,000 copies went so fast. Those were like pre-sales. And we never got vinyl for that album. You know what I mean? For like years until 2013, I believe, when we um, Sound and Color linked the deal with Fat Beats to reissue the album that felt really good man mm -hmm. you know what i mean fat beats have been working with us with um the flowers album so it was only right that they they reissued the first album you know 
proper track list and everything. We yeah. still have the wrong track list on the iTunes, man. That still bugs me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. You know, Sound and Color, man. Unfortunately, they went under, man. They were a good label. They really became a great compilation album label. You know what I mean? Like, I felt yeah. like they broke people who were... Uh, you know, bubbling in the underground. And that's what I appreciated because it was experimental and different and they tried different things. I just, I, you know, it's a shame that they did go under. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I hear that. Do you remember at least a few albums that came out the same year as yours and maybe kind of comparing those uh, hip-hop albums? Um, I remember this for sure Kanye's Graduation. Kanye's graduation. Common's Finding Forever had had come out. Oh, okay. Finding Forever, yep. Lupe Fiasco, the cool, which had some big, big time commercial hits like Superstar. Yeah. Um, and then Jay Z dropped American Gangster. Uh. Yeah. So during this time, was there ever an album you're like, my album's better? Like, were you ever, <laughs> were you ever like, yeah, yeah, this is album of the year, or this is, you know. <laughs> I mean, did you ever have um, that thought? Because you, you, at this point, you have to be riding on a high. The entire internet, which is what everyone went by, in, especially in 2007, is loving your music. I mean, yeah, to the point definitely. where they're, they're calling you the saviors of hip-hop and, <laughs> and the new tribe and all that stuff. Are you feeling like, yeah, we do have the album of the year? Um, I was thinking about girls too much back then, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it was. But... uh no, I, I knew it was some big records out. Kick Push was super hard. Um, mm -hmm. Coming out with Lupe. Um, American Gangster, that had a whole movie behind it. So it was like, no comparing with that. You know what I mean? And I loved Graduation. That was just my joint that year that I was, that I was bumping personally. You know what I mean? But all those records are kind of one-dimensional. They're done the traditional way hip-hop yeah. is recorded. You know, all the beats are fully syncopated on a complete se sequenced way, rapping over it, doing your uh -huh. ad-libs. Yours was chopped up, uh, off-tempo, definitely had some early Dilla shit stylistically, and, you yep. know, it was hard to fo what? follow the beat patterns. You know, as a producer and a DJ, you're always, like, listening in the car, and you always try to, like, reproduce the beat patterns in your head as it's going on. And when you can't catch the 8-bar eight, the eight loop or the 16-bar loop each time, you're like... This fucker's on something, you know, like it, uh, it's tripping me out. And that's a lot what that <laughs> record did to me. And, that, you know, that always makes me say this record's got legs. It's going to stick around for a long time. And it caught man. my interest, you know, from a stylistic point of view. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, man. Definitely. It feels I'm, good. Every I'm just going to say it. love from this record, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say it. yours is better than all of those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just facts. Facts. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Before we, we get into like the newer stuff, can we just quickly, and I know you probably rehashed this a million times, but can, can we quickly kind of run through some of the tracks off Below the Heavens and just tell us making these albums or making this, these songs in particular, what it was like, especially some of these songs that I, I mentioned. Um, first things first, tell the listeners how you even came up with the, the handle Blue and, and why you decided to spell it without the E. Huh. Um, the name Blue came from high school. I would play ball, and I was new to the school at San Pedro High, and uh, I had two weeks' worth of 
blue gear my dad bought me. He just let me just get all this blue gear. You know what I mean? Um, Thank God you didn't wear any of that to uh, the Death Row Studios. Yeah, exactly. When you had there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had two weeks worth of blue gear, and I started playing ball immediately. So on the ball court, they were like, uh, pass the ball, blue. And I was like, okay. And that name just stuck throughout high school when I would start battling. Like, I got real good on the court. So the name, like, kind of blew up on the courts. And then the name blew up in the ciphers. I had different rap names like Iceman and Spitting Image. But um, Blue was, like, was more popular. You okay. know what I mean? I was more popular as Blue than I were these, these names, you know? Spitting Image is dope. <laughs> I like that. That shit's good. Looks, good. Man. Yeah, that's a yeah, good one. Yeah. But Iceman, isn't that from like Top Gun? Didn't he die, Iceman? <laughs> <laughs> Goose, Maverick, and Iceman? Oh, he was you don't be Iceman. Yeah. Yo, I heard that was Mad Lib's first rap name, too. That's funny. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, damn. Iceman, yeah. bro. <laughs> Why no E in blue? Um, just to be I different. I don't know. Yeah, just to be different. And then kind of stuck like uh, my big homies. Some of my like crip homies was like, you should roll by with the name Blue for mm -hmm. your official name because I joined their crew as far as rhyming. So okay. um, that's when I officially started going by Blue. And uh, I just kept the BLU, man. You know what I mean? Okay. I, was, I was more so Little Blue. There was a Big Blue around too. So I was more so Little Blue. You know I thought I mean? you were a big Blue Cantrell fan. That's why you... you, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to just jack it real quick. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so look, let's get into a few of these tracks. I think they... Uh, first things first, it, it's crazy, and I know none of you expected this, but or maybe you did, but having Miguel on this album before he becomes this international superstar... Having Aloe Black, who who was obviously had his own material, but he wasn't the Aloe Black we know today. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. Having these guys on this album is special because this is like almost the 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 start of all this wonderful shit that that suddenly transpires from this album in 2007. The incubator. And, and I'm yeah. sure like you knew these guys; these are your boys. You knew they were special, but to know that they were on this album before. They went to a different stratosphere, you know, definitely. in the music industry. It's pretty wild. It's definitely pretty wild. But um, all right, let's start with the 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 lead off track, My World is Blue. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I wrote this outside of the studio in the car when I first got the beat. I didn't even go into the studio. X everybody went into the studio. X played me the beat right before we got out the car. And I just sat in the car and wrote it right on the spot. Yeah, you know my name rings a bell. Or should I say rocks them? I'm shell toe rocking. Females, I don't got them, but get them with no problem. And I don't pack stadiums yet. I still rock them and they still spell my name fucked up on they flyers. It's BLU, and if you see the E, drop them. It's like they drop an E from the beats. E is dropping. Got your beats, E is dropping, and the world keeps watching them. Because I was waiting for this uh, beat for the duration of the whole album because we found the sample early but we lost it and we couldn't find it until the like the end of the album we didn't even find the sample we found a cd like a greatest hits and had to flip that you know what i mean oh uh, okay because it's it's like i said it's captivating um 
How about Soul Amazing? I thought it was brilliant that Exile decided to flip MOP. It just, it was like Ooh. having like <laughs> that that soft and rough vibe that's like like yeah. salty and 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 you know Dude. sweet together. That's it was the perfect, keys man. in those drums right there. The keys in those the drums. violins. The oh violins. Dipping your French fries in the frosty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Drake, yeah. Drake, can you play uh, a yeah. little bit? Yo, the soul provider, got a lot on the skillet, grilling it hard, ball, shark, cold feelings, the dog villain, and the light skinned, the niggas disguise, my mind sickening, the fine vicious written in rhymes, time tends it to describe how my lines ending, your fine imprint, describe to your mind's index, my lines in checks and shine through your blinds instant, the sun syndicate, fat as biggie with no pun intended, no pun intended to live, I pick up where we slay to run endless till I buckle and become windy, and all the air from out my lungs slips into the sky like we smoke my people's need hope and i'm the one with it the soul provider we had like five or six versions we put out another version of it before this one called soul provider mm -hmm. and then we flipped that into this man we had so many flips of this joint and this one this one when we get when we did this one we knew it was the one you know what i mean you know what bugs me out the most about just the version of the on the album is the way that the cuts almost cut out strange scratch style you know i kind i think i i heard once that exile used to like practice scratching with like a speaker button where he'd like turn it on and off yeah. so it was always like <laughs> you know like a just a crazy flow he's like the bismarcky of scratching you know it's like you never know what the fuck was going to uh, come out right there, so i thought know? it was kind of cool cuz no one made the mistake good you know and he did and that's just again a key of a that's nice producer dirty science that's Absol that dirty science right there bro. that's it man so I, you know kudos for that and he I, I will say this he goes after every big record and he puts it on there he doesn't care if it's the beatles he doesn't care if it's i mean he'll go <laughs> after the biggest fucking hit in the world flip that shit and just make it dope yeah hell yeah so props yeah. for that well, yeah, are you exactly, are you yeah. the Beatles fan out of the two? Because I know you've gone to John Lennon a few times. I mean, who's the Beatles fan out out of you guys? Um, I was a big Beatles fan, especially during Below the Heavens. I was like all into the Beatles. So when you recorded Hold On, did you record that after you did all your Below the Heavens joints? Um, no, same time. Same time. So this is you're just vibing to the Beatles a lot, and then you, you wrote that song what 2005 around the same time as uh yep when you did this okay yep. yeah um all right i don't want to sidetrack because there's just a few more songs and i definitely want to yeah. get into the writing process but um the next song in particular one of my favorites and i want to know you know take us into the studio when you wrote in remembrance of me mm. oh wow in remembrance of me was the um wait damn i can't even remember that one Dude, that's the one where you talk about losing your championship game by one point. But you hell yeah, first, you got your first piece of ass that night, so it made it all. Yesterday he was chasing an ice cream truck. Now we hoping that our ice blink plush is kind of crazy, right? One minute you a baby, and the next you sexing without protection, and now you holding a baby like, damn. I was just in your shoes, now you the papa that's adjusting they shoes, teach them to walk straight, cause honestly they got a long way to go, and what you tell them now is all that they know, see I remember when my folks said you know what I mean when you get older, I was only a teen, thinking that I was a grown up, please I had so much to see, 
thinking the little that I saw was all this world had to offer to me At 18 I headed off in the streets without guidance Just the eyes of God watching over me as time went I spent hours working on a five to survive Me and Jack up in the shack started hustling sacks No, I remember, I definitely know that song, you know what I mean? With the LCL scratch in there, man Trey, do you want to remind him of, of the music he made in 2005? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a beautiful song. It's a, it's almost like you like I hate to say this, but like you wrote your own like eulogy almost like uh, you just get so deep in your life. And like, uh, you know, it, 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 it's pretty awesome. Good looks, man. No, serious, because, you know, when you drop your lyrics, you, you really who brought up life struggles, you know, first think you 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 did it in a way that it wasn't like you weren't ashamed of it you know it was hard paying bills it was hard riding the bus you know knowing you weren't able to take care of your kid you know i just appreciate as a listener the honesty which is always missing in hip-hop so one props for that and i just want to know were you worried about being vulnerable in that way because look you come from a hard fucking place and they don't like people who kind of, you know, show emotion or, or anything of that nature. So you're really bringing that to the forefront. And, I, you know, I'm sure it was hard for you to even think of doing. I, I will have to credit little brother in common. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, gave me they gave me the confidence to step out and be me. You know what I mean? Like uh, to be vulnerable as well as, you know what I mean, a, a ferocious MC. You know what I mean? At the same time. So I took a lot of tips from those guys coming up. It's funny you say that because I was telling Wade earlier how you and like Fonte have a lot of similarities. Like yeah. you say a lot of a lot of personal shit, but it doesn't come out as like depressing. It, it's almost like feel good music, but reality. Grown up. And it, Grown it's up done shit. it. Yeah, and it's, done it, yeah. and it's done in a way though that is beautiful. But that's the dichotomy of the music because it's so yeah, upbeat. It's, I'm not depressed when I hear your stories, even though they may be sad, because uh. the way it's delivered and the music that like Exile provides on this, it's just it's done in a way it's so poetic that it, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm 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 lacking the words here, but I'll I just tell you, we're like we're like uh. We're um tightrope walk walking on that that emo line. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Look, you're, you're, you're still on, you're still on the right side of it, though. You're still on the right side of it. Good looks. Good looks. <laughs> Speaking of emo, you have. I'm just joking. Dancing in the rain. Just play like maybe ten seconds of it, so everyone else at least hears it and, and is on the same page. It's six o'clock, I'm hopping out of the bed. Rain falling, calling X, but my phone line's dead. I guess my bills ain't paid. No ride to work for the day. Second option, hop the bus, but it's a traffic delay. My boss tripping cause I'm running late and ain't no excuse. When I'm about to be 22 without a whip, I can swoop. Feel like I'm finna shoot my own dome with prone to escape. Zoning out, cause working, working out, I work for the mate. My lady calling, bugging, always fussing. Just cause we ain't balling, but it's hard because the cousin's fucking rich. Cause the husband's hustling. And I ain't fucking touching nothing but a mic. Five o'clock and off the work. Ready to go home and write. I had no idea, man. This would be our biggest song on the album. You know what I mean? It started off as an interlude. Mm -hmm. It's actually the oldest lyrics on the album. Mm. I wrote it when I was like 19. Mm. The first verse, actually. I wrote the first verse when I was 19. And uh X had the that's the oldest exile beat on the album as well. Yeah. That's one of Exile's beats, I think he said from 02. Oh wow. wow. 
Yeah. And that makes sense sure. because it has a little bit of that acid jazz vibe to it. You know, in, in lounges and shit, you, you could yeah. play instrumentals all day and people be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and, you know, it, it took some time for some for some real heads to say, I can fucking flow over this, man. You know, I can go over this. Yeah, like, but it's, it was, uh, you would say, Kev, you do spreadsheets to that shit. Yeah. Yes, that's some spreadsheet <laughs> music, <man>. TPS reports. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could kill some fucking uh, Microsoft Excel with some blue playing in the background. <laughs> so, so that song was your oldest song off the album. Yeah, that was the oldest song, man. And yet it, be, it became one of the most popular songs off the album. Yep. That's, That's kind of crazy trip. how that works. All right. One more join and, and we're going to move on to more current times with Simply Amazing. Oh, okay. Is, uh, it is n- yeah, here we go. Yeah, I'ma put it to you like this. Hey yo, I'm trying to make these niggas go bonkers. From London to the youngest and yonkers. You so cow residential lyrical monsters. Getting women's attention like I'm ripping a concert. So put your hands high to your arms, sir. I walk the earth just like God works in mysterious ways. Your spirit just sways every time my lyrics is played. So please stop giving these lyrics praise. Cause they bluffing while they busting with a serious face. And it's unbearable. The stereo rap tracks are terrible. I made it take care of you white cats and bury you back at wherever you came from. I'm carrying this game on my back to the pain zone. 30, nigga. Yo, you just ride that rhythm so good, man. Jesus. It's yeah. like you had a chip on your shoulder when you when you wrote that rhyme, man. Because you're rapping a little differently on this one. Like you have something uh, to get off your chest. That's the inner Fonte yeah. that you talked about. Oh, okay. Oh, hell nice. yeah. <laughs> so you wrote that to, to Pete, uh, Pete Rock's Peace for Mentals, which was, a, I want to say, 2001, 2002 it came out. Yeah. So, I um, was writing to some Pete Rock, just like trying to write my hardest bars. And okay. um, Exile came up with that beat. We laid it. We laid those verses to different beats. Like the second verse was the intro of the album at one point. Okay. And it was like all mixed up. And uh, when he brought that beat, it all pieced together, man. And it all made sense. That was the illest. That's my favorite beat on the album. Oh, yeah. is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bonkers. You couldn't pick a better adjective. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that shit's bonkers, dude. <laughs> I had to say, you know what I mean? DMX got me started, so I had to throw that yonkers in there. Yeah, you know that's I mean? right, dog. Yeah, DMX. That's- that's crazy. I'm still like that. That album was the album that was like the pivotal album that made you want to <laughs> yeah. become a rapper. I thought I thought you like, would be something like you like, know Pete Rock and CL or Tribe or, or, or like AC or, alone, or, like all ball. Yeah, like BMX. Like, <laughs> like dude, because I was BMX. Pro- probably yeah. age though. Probably your age. That's probably why you know. At the nah, time. I want to say we're close. I mean, I don't think you're 40 yet, but we're all like 40, and you got to be in that range close yeah to- yep i'm 38 yeah so you know dmx that was it was it was because i grew up in a household i couldn't listen to hip-hop until okay. i moved in moved in with my dad in high school and that's when i started rapping as soon as okay. i moved in with my dad and i the first couple cds i bought were like the firm mm. the locks and mace oh wow and they all had dmx killing it and I just so, couldn't wait for this DMX shit to drop. That yeah. shit dropped, dog. Oh man! <laughs> prior to that, prior to that, what was the typical like albums in your, you know, in your CD changer or whatever it is that you were listening to at the time? Like, since you didn't have rap music in your household, 
I didn't really have music in my household. You know what I mean? I grew up in church, so we 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 sang hymns, bro. You know what I mean? Gospel tunes. And it's you know crazy that you gravitated towards hip hop without even having that in your household. I mean, my I dad, my dad gave me hip hop like when I was like six, five, six years old. I remember seeing Wild Style when I was a baby. I remember like my dad playing Friends when I was a baby. Like I remember Biz Marquis when I was a baby. You know what I mean? So I remember like I remember hip hop. Like my dad giving it to me, but then at some point my stepdad, who was a pastor, mm-hmm. he he didn't allow any hip hop in the, in the house, so they threw away all my good tapes, man. Wow, because it seems like you probably get this, but you like are an old soul, and you uh, are a throwback to many of the groups that you know, like the tribes and the De Las, and and it. I think the misconception is, well, Blue, he must have grew up on Souls. He must have grew up on Freestyle Fellowship. But no, it's the locks. <laughs> it's DMX. <laughs> it, that's, that, that's crazy. And you're uh, from, yeah. you know, you're from uh, South Central, so you would think that <laughs> gravitated towards, towards something different. And don't forget that, don't forget that Shirley Caesar, that gospel. Sure. Oh, I don't even know Shirley uh, Caesar. Uh, yeah, don't, she, don't worry about Andre. He's 62 he, years old. He's a, <laughs> he is CC, bro. CC, yeah. Yeah, me, me, me and CC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so look, 2007, the album comes out. Everyone loves it. You are heralded as the next savior. Is it safe to say you're, you guys blew up really quick? Because I think the following year, Black Dawn and Quest tapped you to be on their album. I mean, and that had to be, even though you didn't listen to them, you listened to DMX, but that had to be. <laughs> now, I'm sure no, yeah. Illadelph Half-Life was, was in your rotation. I'm sure. Oh, once, man, Things Fall Apart was my joint. Things Fall Apart, okay. 98 or 99, the year after uh, I started rapping. Okay. Yeah, so this is, this is like, this is it, man. You became what we would call in sports rookie of the year to now, like you're rapping with all the MVPs you're rapping with black thought. Um, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what was that like? How did that even come about you being on two, not just one, but two tracks off the roots album. Well, I, mean, I actually recorded three joints for the album and, uh, they oh, really? took me off one of them. But uh, they kept me on too, man, and I love them for that, man. Ooh. To this day, man, those are those are like my biggest songs. You know what I mean? The biggest songs I was ever a part of. You know what I mean? Oh, wow! How did I that? Wrote, uh, how did I that wrote come about? those sitting right next to Black Thought. You know oh, what I wow. mean? I was nervous as hell, man. He was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hell First, yeah. I, that's some fucking pressure. That's the pressure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, was there more pressure in front of Suge or Black Thought? <laughs> oh shit! Um, great question. Great question, man. Ah, uh, I would have to say Black Thought, yo, just yeah. because that's that's where the that's where the talent lie lies. You know what I mean? You so can't like, you uh, can't cheat. Yeah, bro. Like it was it was like like uh, I was ready for shit. My juice was up, but. Being ready for Black Thought is a whole different story. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Your pin has to be like the best pin ever. <laughs> so did he reach out to you? Was it Quest? How did that connection happen? Uh, Rich Nichols, rest in peace. The rest in peace. Old manager reached mm-hmm. out to me. 
You know what I mean? Rich Nichols brought me in, sat me down, explained to me the whole album, played me joints. Um, asked me what I was feeling. I told him which joints. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, okay. And then next thing you know, Black Thought walked in and was like, you ready to write these joints? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. walked in like Batman out of a bat cave and shit, like <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> And ironically, one of the joints you were with uh, Fonte, and which it makes perfect sense, like you guys complement one another, even though, you know, you guys are from two different sides of, of, of the of the coast. But um, so that, <clears throat> that that's cool. They reached out to you and you were like I said, you were at the top of everyone's list. You were you were the guy. And um, in 2009, were you plucked to be signed to to a major label like after? After yes. all this with the with the you know with the below the heavens, people started to 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 take notice. When I say people, I mean you know, heads at, at majors. Definitely, definitely. We ended up signing with Warner Brothers mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And um we had a nice, nice deal, man. We had a I had a special record deal. I had a independent deal for my label. I had an artist deal and I had a movie deal, independent movie deal with Warner Brothers. So it was about to go down. I was about to drop a movie with each album. And then uh, Kanye started doing that shit, bro. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Tell us what was the pitch like to you guys from Warner Brothers? I mean, you guys are still young. This is like, this is it, man, to be tapped by a major let alone warner brothers one of the biggest in the game what was their pitch to you guys um, um they get just you to sign? they loved our music man they they loved our vision they wanted us to have creative freedom they wanted to put out our independent releases like they heard releases that i was releasing on myspace mm-hmm. and just like uh they heard like her favorite color they wanted okay. they wanted like you know, they wanted to be a part of everything. They wanted me to, to be a producer, MC. They wanted to work with Exile. They were just, they were they were into everything we had, you know? And what transpired with that? I mean, obviously. Yeah, eventually yeah. Um, all the A&Rs got fired. Mm-hmm. Then, then all the... Uh, the VPs and the presidents got fired and this, you know, the CEOs and shit. And then, uh, Lee Cohen starts running it. Then after every time somebody gets fired, like three months of the label will just be like, it'll be like stagnant for three months. Mm-hmm. Then the president started getting fired. Then it'll be stagnant for another three months. Then, um, then the Russians bought out the whole label. The whole Warner Brothers was bought out. So the whole label was completely flushed out. And I was left without anybody that I, that signed me. Damn. I was just like a little leaf on a, on a tree, like in fall, ready to blow away. They weren't answering calls. So um, I decided to just go independent, man. You know what I mean? Was that at a time when the labels were basically completely changed because of the internet because of downloading and streaming i mean was that at a time when 
you know, the whole industry was changing. There was like a shakeup and, and, and they really, you know, everything went to just, I don't know. I don't know. As soon as once they got back running again, they signed Rick Ross. Quali was on the label before me. He, I believe he left the label. Murs left the label. Jay mm-hmm. Davey, a bunch of people like left. So I ended up doing the same thing. So the, the track, uh, on Quali's album was that because of labels or is that because you guys knew one another uh that was produced by just blaze uh hostile oh, hostile gospel reading. yeah Dope that song. was Quali reaching out like fresh when i was when i first dropped my uh below the heavens Quali reached out and was like what's good man you know okay. your name is hot in the streets mm-hmm. what's up with a feature you know what i mean and Quali reached out to me first I got, man, I got to show him a lot of love for that, man. You know what I mean? And, and naturally, Warner Brothers had to be listening to that record, which is maybe one of the reasons why you popped up on the radar and, and they went after you guys. Yeah, quite possibly, man. Because that, his album was on Warner Brothers Records at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how was that listening to Just Blaze? Oh, man. I, I mean, I got the beat from Quali, but... Knowing it was a Just Blaze beat, I tried to put down one of my hardest verses. You know what I mean? Is there a huge difference between Exile and Just Blaze as far as the process and 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 what he expects when in studio? Is it more organic? I never, I never met Just Blaze, so it was just done uh, 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 remotely. Yeah, yeah. I just went to. Um, I actually cut that, and my and my grandma's like. I had a studio behind my grandma's kitchen <laughs> and I just cut it there. Mm. You know what I mean? They used it. You know what I mean? Wow. So it was a lot of love. You know what I mean? You, um, you have a very deep catalog, but you also have a lot of work with other producers outside of exile. I'm sorry. Madlib, uh, alchemist. You've done a handful of tracks of alchemists. I mean, yeah, more than definitely. a handful of tracks, but a decent amount of tracks of Alchemist. I don't want to say, are you? Do you get too content with one artist? But what what is it that makes you work with so many other producers uh, over the years? It's I put it all into my albums. I try to make these albums that are unique sound pieces that differ from each other, mm-hmm. and um, I just I go after what's like uh, what's influencing me at the time. You know what I mean? And I try to make it a reality, man. Like try to hook up with these producers and and do a full length and, you know, bring my vision to life. You know what I mean? So when you go into a project like with, say, Knots, um, do you go into it with a different mindset than you would an alchemist or, or a Mad Lib? I mean, how is that process knowing that yeah. everyone has a different style? Exactly. Um, that's just me. That's just me showing my diversity. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I try to make every album different. You know what I mean? Okay. And I think it just falls back on that. You know, really. Is there anyone you would want to work with that you haven't? DJ Premier, man. Mm, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that's bucket- the greatest of all time, bro. So, so that's a bucket <laughs> list right there. Premier. Yeah. It seems like he's down to work with anybody, you know? We've had Pete Rock in the show. You want to work with Pete Rock? Oh, I got a joint with Pete Rock. <laughs> All right. It's out. It's out. It's called The Clean Hand. It came out uh, like 2013. Oh. Well, off. What was that off of? How come I, I don't remember my, that? It was my own independent label. I released it. Um, okay. The B-side was called Lemonade. 
Exile did cuts on it and uh beat make Jake did the beat and the A side was a P Rock joint. Okay. Clean hand. Well, can I be honest? I think you and Exile are like Doc and Daryl. You guys are the nice. best shit together. <laughs> you bring out the best in one another. And I know, you know, you've done plenty of other joints and have plenty of other hits, but there's something wholesome, honest, pure, and beautiful when you two work together. Oh so, man, that's what's up, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, man. Um, all right, so let's get into because I'm looking, I, I'm looking at some of the stuff. I forgot you have so many co- compilations and EPs. The, I felt like there was a period of time where, where you stopped. We didn't hear from you for maybe a few years. Huh. What, what, am I am I imagining things or? or is, yeah, you imagine it things. So bro. like from 2012, <laughs> like were you always active? I mean, I felt like there was yep. a few years where like you took, you're like fuck this rap shit. I'm taking a chill pill. And just you know, enjoying life, kind of a thing. But no, nah, I, I'm imagining nah. that. Yeah, I've always had material just sitting around. You know, I'm sitting on about five albums right now. Mm. Oh my god. Um, I'm always sitting on records. You know what I mean? When I did Below the Heavens, I was sitting on three albums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why don't we leak one right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That would be hard as hell. Yeah. What, uh, <laughs> let, let's talk about about the new album. First of all, it's crazy because you just released an album last year, Miles, and then it's like you're back and you hit us again. Um, and I thought Miles was a great album, but here we have a new album already. Tell us about the color blue. What was not so much the, the thought process behind it. We already know your thought process, but what was it that you wanted to accomplish with this album? Um, I wanted this album to be the album that kind of personifies me as a color, bro. <laughs> well, you definitely do that on every track. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the samples are heavy, but you put a lot of emphasis into, like you said, blue. Yes, um, definitely. Um, I, I just wanted it to be that I, al- I always wanted to make this album. You know, I didn't have the title. And once the title hit me. I had a, I produced the whole album myself. I did about 20 joints and then I scrapped them all and called the guys and I said, look, I got these flaming samples with my name all over them. Yes. I need you guys to kill these, bro. And all the guys were down and we made it happen. Uh, hey, y'all, everybody want to make a classic. I just kick back and make something casual. Everyday shit, I don't gotta take this. All out my actual zone, I just say something natural. Blue is the color of the sky today. And mostly every day when you live in LA. The problem is the small can make the city turn gray. And we all know that ain't good, but still we all stay. And wait for the ocean breeze to blow it all away. And then we light up and smoke the same freaking day. And we do that all week and every week the same. To the months and the years start to wear on your brain. Aware I gotta change, aim for a higher plane Easy when the definition is your freaking name As you can see, I don't need a lot of space So I give you the night, and I take up all the day My name is Blue So you actively search for, for obviously, samples with Blue in it Do your ears perk up when you're watching TV And something Blue-related comes on And you're like, I could I could probably use that um, in, in a track. It, it has to be, it's rare that it's usable. 
You know what I mean? Sometimes it'll pop up in so many songs, especially jazz songs, early jazz songs, early blues songs. Um, But they're not all usable. Like, they're all not audible sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, how it's said and sampled may not, you know, come out right. Oh, I got uh, a good one for you. If you haven't used it already, Vin Scully, when he's talking about the Dodger Blue. Oh, what? <laughs> you know, you remember Vince Scully? He was the voice of the Dodgers for like yeah. what, 70 years. Yeah. Pocket that one, man. Yeah. <laughs> you talking about Dodger Blue for real? Well, the Do- that's their nickname, the, the you know, the Dodgers and they're blue. Yeah, I'm sure oh, you can find okay. a lot of audio for that. I'm a little yeah. I'm a little more low, bro. I got Andrew Dice Clay, little boy blue needed the money. But other than that, I ain't got <laughs> shit. <laughs> That'll be a tough one. <laughs> little boy blue. He needed the money. Yeah. Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a very creative album, and it's cool because of all of those little nuances and the little subtleties you hear throughout the songs of, of the references. So it sounds like you had a lot of fun making this album. Yes, definitely, man. Maybe um, more so than previous albums. Um, it reminds me of Johnson and Johnson creating the first Johnson and Johnson album mm-hmm. with Mainframe. It's just yeah. it was it was a lot of fun creating those both of those albums. You know, I probably had the most fun doing both of those records. Is it tough for you to use kind of the production setups of today with all these uh, digital workstations compared to kind of getting lost in this box that? You know, you just kind of create shit from its imperfections. You know, like the original MPC, you know, didn't have dynamic allocation, so you had to learn how to properly chop, and that started the chopping sensation, you know, five years before that became, uh, you know, an element on the next level PC or just the limited sample time. I mean, I always felt creativity comes from when you have limitations, and when nowadays we have no limitations, we have as much time as right. many tracks so it's really hard to like submerge yourself into it so now that you're kind of getting more into the production side and you're, you're getting your vision straight from you you're not looking for the synergy from somebody else you know it can you be creative still or uh, as creative yeah it's tougher the the older i get you know the the more i put out you know what i mean like um i had a crazy output for a while and I thought I'll be able to do that forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But right now, even right now I'm questioning, I'm sitting on five albums, but I don't know how long I'm going to be that guy that's sitting on five albums. You know what I mean? Don't you fear like the material will become dated if you sit too long with those albums? Definitely. Some of them, like uh, I have more than five albums. If we're, <laughs> if we count albums that we've definitely shelved, indefinitely have shelved you know what i mean so is your intention of releasing all of them at a certain point um probably the five albums but not some of the older ones okay so you have five albums of those five albums are they blue and exile albums are they Uh, i can't i can't let you know bro i wish i could they're not blue and premiere we know that much yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
so with things you know possibly opening back up a bit now for touring again are you you got a tour going on now currently or got one coming up on the horizon or are you looking forward um, to getting back out there and doing shows again or are things yep. still kind of kind of tight in that in that arena at the moment we're about to do blue and exile I'll have a show next month for Rhymefest fest la and then we're going to tour with uh asheroth and mickey fax at the top of next year okay nice. okay and you guys were on drink champs not too long ago together yep now that was because you guys were on the cover of xxl's freshman class i mean was that how that whole thing spawned yeah i recall exactly okay. exactly how long are you gonna be a fucking freshman come on give me a break many years ago old ass episode dude's 38 and he's still a freshman come on <laughs> well his yeah. his first album was dmx it's hell and dark is hot so <laughs> let, let me ask you this question as as a fan of hip-hop not as as blue the lyricist well wait we've all been trying to ask this question all night because we were all talking before the show started we just wanted to know sorry to cut you off jay we wanted to know what you thought of the versus battle between KRS and Big Daddy Kane. You know, speaking from another lyricist who's, you know, uh, kind of a ex-battle rapper, and and we know you got kind of get into that. We wanted to know your opinion. It was the best one I've seen, mm -hmm. um, which is saying a lot because you know they're they're pretty epic. They move the culture, and uh, I mean, man. I'm glad it's going to be a tour for it. You know what I mean? It was just, it was mind blowing. I, I cried. I laughed. I, yeah, I mean, I did everything, yeah. bro. Well, you have a few joints with Karras, right? Or at least, at least one or two. I uh, do have a song with Karras. So are you biased in, 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 uh, Karras, Karras is my favorite MC all time, bro. There we go. Best you know live I mean? as well. So Best live. I was blown away on a whole nother level. <laughs> now i heard from many people that were in attendance that because i felt the the fact that he allowed the mic uh the, the crowd to finish many of his lines didn't play well online because the crowd was not mic'd so yeah, it, it exactly. sounded like he was either lazy or was out of breath or something it it, it lacked that punch that he usually has in his rhymes and right. we've all seen krs we've had him on the show He's by far the greatest live performer I've ever seen in hip hop. There's yeah. no, there's no disputing that. But I felt because of that, and maybe some of the song selections, like he didn't play "Rappers Are in Danger," and that's that's an iconic joint. I felt like man, he wasn't ready. He he didn't take it serious. What? It was almost like a, a heavyweight championship <laughs> fight, and he's like, oh, I, I'm a I'm a wipe King's ass really quick. And yeah. Kane had a chip on his shoulder because he knew everybody thought he doesn't have the hits to match KRS, which he doesn't. Uh, but I just wanted to know your it, take. Though. Kane killed it too, man. Oh, Kane had those bars. Kane had those bars that no matter what, when you busting on Kane, he's busting. He's already rapping about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. In all his songs, he's already he's already talking about how he can't be taken out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like song after song, he was still in pocket. I was just tripping off that shit, man. I it think Kane epic. surprised <laughs> a lot of people. 
He, he looked yeah. good too. He looked I mean, good. The yeah. man looks good for his age. <laughs> but here's the thing: Kane the, had a he had the breath control, and he sounded good. See, I don't he think he sounded. I don't think yeah. he sounded like he used to sound. And Chris still sounds like he was on those records. His True. his voice is identical from those records. Now, if he just rapped in the same manner, rather than that that kind of reggae voice he was trying to throw out. I don't know if he would have just sat in the pocket with his voice. Cause when he went freestyle, he was the Chris, we all know. And that oh, yeah. you can't fucking touch that. You can't touch that. Shit. So, but Kane yeah. looked like a pimp and, and Karis looked like a rack off Burlington co factory. Yeah. And, and, that, <laughs> and, and, and the image of like, man, this dude is just so smooth. But I think we all agree that KRS is the better rapper with the better catalog. Right. But I wanted to know from a, a fan point of view what you thought of it. So that's pretty cool. What was it like working with him? It was, man, everything you, you dream of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was just like, I don't know, his energy was so on point. He was so like, uh, he was so into the moment, into hip hop into you as a fan you know what i mean and mm -hmm. it's just it's just the god mc bro you know what i mean for me it was like and it was right before below the heavens i rocked with him live he brought me out to to introduce to introduce him grandmaster Kaz was freestyle uh djing busy b was the hype man shit can't and beat me that krs one would just trade verses to introduce his set it was amazing. When he was on the show, he's still my favorite interview because he loves hip-hop so much. He lives it. He breathes it. Yeah. He, all elements, not just rapping. He loves uh. breakdancing. He loves graffiti. He loves ugh, every aspect, man. And I got to say, his energy and just how he describes his passion about what he loves and when someone's in the pocket kind of complimenting it, it's just crazy, man. I mean, he, he is everything that I love about this whole thing. Everything. Yep. Yep. That's Chris, bro. Yeah. All right. <laughs> going, back, going back to the verses, I actually I have a great idea. This is this is on my wish list. Blue and Exile with versus Little Brother. Okay. Oh. Right. And then and then oh. and then, and then to even out and then to even out the uh, the uh, the MCs, you can bring your buddy uh, uh, Fashion. So oh what? Yeah, what? Yeah. oh man if we got fast it's over yeah, yeah for real that 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 shit would go off go off hard as shit man for real well yeah. technically little brother is just Pooh and fonte now right or am i confusing it is it, is it uh, nice yeah. and fonte one of them no, one of them, two of them just two of them oh, but one, one of them bounced oh, was yeah. it ninth. yeah ninth, ninth to get back with ninth man Oh yes, ninth. Or ninth needs to get back with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, classic. Classic, what? Um, I mean, obviously, you discussed the, uh, some of the records that you, you you first bought, but like I said, you have such a unique style and sound. Did um, how much was like tribe an influence to you once you started Huge really getting influence. into hip hop? Tribe, Gangstar, mm. Pete Rock, and Co Smooth. I loved all the native tongues. De La, mm -hmm. De La, Three Feet High is one of my top 10 albums. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I love the native tongues, bro. I love the whole movement. I fell in love with hip hop really tough 
once I got into hip hop, once I turned like, actually right away, right away, I started like digging Outkast, started digging Pete and CL. I was listening to Public Enemy, BDP. Karis One was my favorite early. Nas was my favorite early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How does that How does that bow over in Inglewood? Well, not, not, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, it's it's love. It's love, man. Right. It's a lot of love out here. I was actually going to school on the port in the south uh, South LA in San Pedro, and um, going to high school. Yeah, and everybody was all the hip hop heads were in the East Coast hip hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just how it was. You know what I mean? Slum Village was just about to come out. That was like the biggest buzz at the time. Heads was banging group home. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. It was just raw hip hop out here. You know what I mean? And and uh, we had love for the West Coast. Definitely, man. Back in high school, do you ever remember wearing uh, like a concert t-shirt, like a hip hop shirt to school ever? And if so, what was it? Oh man, I used to jack woo gear, bro. <laughs> woo wear. Yeah, woo woo wear, bro. That's so funny. I had uh I had one woo wear sweater that I rocked for like a year. <laughs> and I got like a couple shirts and shit. And um I actually I actually jacked every Wu Tang album that came out for like <laughs> oh man. We went crazy in the hip hop, bro. We loved it so much, man. Kev, do you remember my first rap shirt that I used to wear in school? This fucking guy wore an Ice Cube death certificate t-shirt every Ooh. day in like ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> if you That's open so the, you. Tape, the tape cover, if you sent like 20 bucks or whatever at the time, I made my mom write a check. And then like four months later, I got the shirt and I still have it, man. It's 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 a relic. I won't part uh-huh. with it. So we live down in Florida, right? So, you know, you want a t-shirt only. I was so crazy. I think I ordered that uh, Tommy Boy Carhartt jacket out of the back of the source. That shit was so hot in the fucking weather that we live in down there. But I was like, fuck this. I'm wearing that shit every day. Hell yeah. That's hard, bro. What? Tommy Boy. That's ill. Um, I I know we keep going back to this, but I'm so fascinated with how you got into hip hop late that you had to be, you were so consumed of all this music. What was it like? It's almost like, uh, you, you heard Illmatic, you heard Resurrection, all these albums after they had come out. Yeah, it was. It's it's almost like if I run into somebody and like I've never seen The Wire before, I'm like, damn, I'm so jealous. You get to experience that again, or, or for uh, the first time. For the first time, yeah. So for you, like you're hearing <laughs> all these classic albums, like Organized Confusion, Stress, and Resurrection. Yes. Yes. And, and balloon mind state and everything that came out in, in like the 93 94 95 era were you so overwhelmed like every day are you just consuming new albums I mean, what, yeah man we started we started we started jacking cds really tough so this is why balloon uh, below the heavens got leaked Carlos. <laughs> yeah, ah. that's good there you go I actually i had a i had a cd cd case like you know the booklet mm-hmm. yeah I had a booklet so on steroids, bro. It was just <laughs> busting out the seams with CDs. And I left it in my uh my homie's truck. He had a pickup truck and somebody boosted it right out oh, the truck. Man. My whole collection, man. Shit. I was like, damn. But I I ended up buying all those CDs again. You know oh, what I mean? Man. And then then buying all the records. <laughs> 
did you get into any other kind of music? Because L.A., I mean, it's obviously it's it's everywhere, but you have huge bands that are from L.A., you know, rock legends. Did you find yourself getting into other musics as, as well? Like, you know, uh, whether it's rock or whether it was uh, indie pop, whatever, whatever it was. But did you find yourself gravitating towards other genres of music? Yeah. I did definitely when I was signed to uh, Warner Brothers. I was into like a lot of uh, like uh, Portishead, Radiohead, Stereo okay. Live, Broadcast. Amazing. You know Amazing. what I mean? Licky Lee, um, all like a ton of artists, bro. Ton of like alternative and. I was into a lot of stuff, bro. I think Jay- <laughs> I think Jason I was-, was trying to make you the uh, the Dell of Inglewood. No, no. <laughs> we keep saying Inglewood. He lived in Inglewood for like 18 minutes. All right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, if, if I rattle off a few bands that are from L.A., could you tell me which one is not from L.A.? Like, are you good like that? Like, if I say I could try, I could try. All right. Let me let me do this. Let's 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 play a game real quick. I'm going to just say like five names and you tell me which one is not from LA. Fair enough? Yeah. yeah. All right. Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right. Guns N' Roses. All right. Green Day. Oh, man. Rage Against the Machine. Okay. And Weezer. Damn, I would say Weezer is not from LA. You're wrong. Green Day is from the Bay. Everywhere, other group is from LA. Yeah, I thought. Okay, I know Green Day was from California. They are. Okay, okay. So that's why I I didn't uh, exclude them. Yeah. Did you ever get into like Chili Peppers? Being, you know, nah, no. I never, I never really got into rock. You know what I mean? Like I was into the Beatles, Queen, classic, yeah, classic, Police. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Chop Suey was my joint. Oh, that joint, System Chop of the Down? Okay. Yeah, System of the Down. Uh, <laughs> that joint, I Get Knocked Down. Oh, shit. You know, <laughs> Is that like an that Irish band? Like, that shit was on Chum- like Chum- 2000. Chumbawamba. Yeah. Chumbawamba. <laughs> it's like uh, MTV Rock Jams or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jock Jams 5. Well, you know what it is? It's always interesting to hear what another artist thinks of other groups or what they listen to. And I, I know it's a question you always get asked, but, it, you know, it is interesting. Um, do you mind if I rattle off some names and we play word association? And the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the right name, you just say. All right. I'm trying. I'm a smoker, so. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I'll start, I'll start super easy. Ready? Yeah. Black Dot. Whoo, go. <laughs> AC alone. I think Mike and nine right away. Raskas. Whoo, first album. Solo nice. Tupac. Go. They can only be one goat. You already yeah, said Black well, Dots the goat. That defeats uh, the purpose of the goat. Don't say, yeah, don't say yeah, premiere. Yeah, yeah. Don't say premiere. Goats out there, bro. It's a bunch of goats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tupac. Um, two cops. I don't know. Two cops. Legendary. Yeah. Okay. 
How about Slug? Huh, Slug. Uh, idea. I think an idea, bro. Q-tip. Q-tip. Oh, Fife. Rock Marciano. Another goat, bro. That's my guy. How many goats <laughs> can there be? <laughs> Rock Mars, uh, Pete Rock era. Pete Rock oh. era. Oh, wait. Yes. With, uh, with, with Trife, Trife, the, uh, the God, and, and Fife, and, uh, and Rock Marcy. You win. The you win. Yeah. You win. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That. Yes. yes. That's the rock that I like to hear. Of the sleeping one. <laughs> that Straight fast up. that fast piano, right? That fast piano song. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. That uh yep. that on arrival. Uh yep. Kanye. Huh. Who goat? Uh let me think. Donda. I fucked with it. Uh Pharaoh Munch. Goat God. <laughs> Patterns. You give out like a participation Pat- trophies to everybody. Nobody, nobody had <laughs> Nobody Pattern, can match patterns with Feral Munch, bro. Yeah, okay. pattern, that's a good one. You know what I mean? All right, the last one. Ready? And then not only will you tell me what you think, but then let's talk a little bit about this guy. MF Doom. Who? MF Doom. The most elusive, bro. King right there. When did you first hear about MF Doom? I think I heard of MF. Oh, I heard of MF Doom when uh, Matt Villain, Matt Villainy. Okay, so that was like what, two thousand one, something like that. No, I think that was 05. Was it? You're right. It was 05. 99 was Operation Doomsday. Yeah. Doomsday. Okay. So that that was 05. What? When you first heard it, was it something that immediately grabbed you, or would you feel like it was more of an acquired? Yes. So it immediately grabs you. I fucked with it because I was fucking with Slum Village. Mm-hmm. And um, I was fucking with the beats from Mad Lib. And I was fucking with the where Doom was taking the lyricism. You know what I mean? His pen. Doom is a goat, man. Underground goat. You got like six goats. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a flock. Got a flock of them. I once opened up for the fake Doom. <laughs> oh right yeah do you remember that do the you remember that? Of course, yeah, the yeah. imposter yeah the imposter bro That's did you funny. know he was the fake doom before you opened up for him or was that something you found out well, after the fact we did our set and then when the doom was up there everybody was like oh that's the fake doom and i was like oh <laughs> damn you <laughs> pissed, pissed off a lot of fans. Oh back yeah, man. Yeah, cool. hey, this man. is this is news to me so so mf doom would hire uh doppelganger who would put his mask on and go out yeah, there and exactly yeah wow exactly. I never because knew that. you don't see his lips because of the mask and i think he had a That's visa crazy. problem so he would want to get paid double shows he would, he would have people that would go out there and and represent yeah open uh, mike eagle crafty a few things about uh That's doing, crazy doing the imposter That's a smart mm. businessman right there Mm. Yeah, smart stuff. <laughs> crap, crafty as hell. That's, that's about as crafty as you best, can get. <laughs> so, yo, uh, back in that um, sound and color album that I pulled out, there Burt was Bacharach. What was uh, nah, listen, like working with Burt Bacharach? <laughs> there was uh, he would sample him. Don't 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 sleep. He he, uh, he definitely would. Yeah, there was there was a producer on there called GB. He did a song called oh, Breathe okay. and a few other tracks. He was real abstract, man. Did you guys know him, or was he from like a was he from like another area? 
Yeah, I worked a couple. I did a couple songs with GB. Um, He's ill. GB was active. He's uh, he moved out of CA. I forgot where he moved to. He may have moved back by now, though. But I think he's working with Stone's Throw right now under a group called The Steeples. I'm gonna check that out because he has some crazy production style when no one. He, I mean, talk about chops. He that kid's fucking talented, man. Real talented. Mm-hmm. Nice. GB is the OG. That's the homie right there. Yeah, yeah. Long Beach. Before you get completely annihilated, let me ask you a few <laughs> more questions. All right. <laughs> and, and then I'll let you go on and enjoy enjoy your smoke. Give me Blue's favorite movie, and you better not say old school. Give me Blue's oh, favorite movie. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, my favorite movie right now. It's a tie between 2001 Space Odyssey and Amelie. Amelie's a great movie. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you said that. I'm almost as surprised about that than I am DMX. <laughs> wow space odyssey okay. is an amazing film man i was in film school and believe me i had to study that shit and kubrick's angles and the shit that he put in that one screen it, it you it's still mind-blowing mind-blowing yeah. yes yes and the fact that I you love could, that film man. the fact that you could actually watch a film without dialogue for that long <laughs> yeah. it's crazy man oh yeah crazy. that shit is hard as hell man great film uh, Amelie, is that something you've seen recently, or is that something that you saw no. when it first came out, and then you? I just... saw it uh, around two thousand five. Okay, yep. yeah, that's one of my wife's favorite films. That's that's pretty uh, pretty interesting. You said that. What's your favorite book? Ah, uh, the Bible. Okay, fair pretty, enough. Yeah, easy man. That's like the first book ever to me. You know what I mean? And and. It's just so deep in history. I read that shit like, like a history book, you know? Mm -hmm. Give me what you believe is the best year in hip hop. Arguably 94 or 87. 94, 94. baby. 94. That's my pick. Yeah. <laughs> 94 is nasty. Oh, hard, hard to earn, made ingredient, oh, illmatic resurrection. Speaking mm. of which, all right. Speaking of which, I have a quick question for you. Word when, life. When you went back and did all your homework and and caught up on all those albums. Which one? Which one album like hit you in your heart and like just stuck out as like, oh this, man, this is the greatest shit I ever heard. To this day, my favorite album is Illmatic. Boom, Pop two out. for two. Love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Boom, boom, man. I knew when, when I heard Illmatic, I knew like I heard perfect hip hop. Mm -hmm. I was looking for the perfect hip hop album and mm -hmm. I found it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When I put on Illmatic, bro. Would you say you've listened to that album more than any other hip hop album in your collection? I wouldn't say that. I what? listened to a lot of comments. Mm. So, so, all right, what is that one common, common album that you think is his magnum opus? Is it Resurrection? Yeah. Okay. Resurrection 94. is just. I think like that's a unanimous. So yeah. It's just so his styles was so nasty and and uh, no ID was so clean with so it. So amazing. ID. I forgot who was doing the cuts. Was it Rock Raider or something? Somebody was doing the cuts. I think Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister. Oh, okay. Sinister. Yeah, um, man. But you're a big Gangstar fan. Yep. 
what's your favorite gangsta album? You gonna hate me, but I came in the game '98, bro. Moment of truth. Moment of truth. Okay, that is their hard, best. Hard to earn is right there, though. Hard to earn is right there, but I fuck with Moment of Truth. That was mine. Yeah. That was hey, mine. Hey, you can't talk. you can't go wrong either way. It's like Midnight Marauders versus Low End Theory. You know what I mean? True that. But uh, look, Blue, we're gonna I go low gonna, end though. Would, would you really see? I I dude, go low I end. Was, I was I was low end for a long time. But then oh. all of a sudden something switched on me. I'm like, you know what? I think I dig Midnight Marauders just a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, it's 1A1B. We we did we did tributes to um 1993 and 1995. We haven't done 94 yet. So oh. when we do that, we, we I think we're planning on doing that next year. No shit. And uh we would love to have you back for one of the episodes as a guest, and we'll just talk about all the great albums from that year. Oh, let's do it, man. And you can all be right. high. While doing it, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was definitely high. <laughs> well, since you're high, and usually when you're high, you are the most honest. So let's do uh, another quick game with called this or that, and you have to hear what I'm going to say, and it's like a gun to your head. You need to pick one. So don't okay. think too much. I'm okay. going to say uh, something like, um, obviously, we already know Kane and, and KRS. You prefer Kane, so. I mean, KRS. So you would say mm. KRS. So I'm going to start ready. Um, the Alcoholics or the Beat Nuts? Mm. Alcoholics. Mm. Andre Nicotina or Sugar Free? Sugar Free. Redman or Busta Rhymes? Oh, shit. I thought you were mm. going to say or Method Man. No. Oh, or Busta? Damn, Redman. <laughs> Too Short or DJ Quick? Oh, too short. Oh, you just I lost fuck the with that man. early, that yeah. early too short, man. Short, Life no. is too short. That's my joint. Dog. This is going to be tough, yeah. but you got to do it really quick. Ready? Yeah. Alchemist or the knots? Oh, I have to take Real a quick. shot right there. Dog. <laughs> I got to take the shot right there. Got to plead, plead the fifth, right? Or yep. <laughs> Miles Davis or Thelonious Monk? Ah, uh, Miles. Unfortunately, that's a that's a tight one too, man. Yeah. You know I mean? Miles. <laughs> Gangstar or a tribe called Quest? Ooh, for me, Gangstar. Mm. All right, last one. Tupac or DMX? <laughs> Tupac. Mm. All right. All right. I think there's a lot of surprises. A lot of people, like for instance, the tribe versus gangster i think a lot of people would have thought you would have said tribe just because yeah, of the way yeah. you know your music is it sounds more tribe influenced than 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 premiere and guru but all right man that is uh i appreciate yeah. this i'm glad we finally got to connect i know like i said uh it, it's tough tracking you down i think uh you know what I'm going to play one more quick game. I'm going to name a bunch of people. <laughs> hold on, fucking, hold on. Squid, fucking squid games over here. Got, check, check it out. I'm going to name. I got uh, I know, in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to name these five people. You tell me which is the one that stood us up. KRS one, <laughs> DJ premier, black thought, spice one, or blue. <laughs> which, which of those cats stood us up on the show? Yeah. No way. Yeah. You're the only one, man. But you know what? I, I no, thank you. What? Redemption oh, song. Redemption. I I, I'm here, bro. I know. 
I'm here. That was I family. Know. That was family. <laughs> uh, See, I uh, think look. direct numbers are the way to do it. <laughs> this way we track your ass down. Uh, I look seriously, man. I, I really appreciate it. It's been a great, uh, what is it? It's like an hour. I said 45 minutes It's an hour and a half that we're talking. So, um, oh, I appreciate love, the time and the rundown and, you know, I'm sure the listeners are going to really appreciate your candidness and, um, keep doing what you're doing, man. We, we love the music. We love, uh, you know, everything about you and, and, and exile. And, and that's it, yep, man. Yep. We should have had exile up here, man. Oh, it was hard enough to get you. I mean, imagine another person. <laughs> we'll make <laughs> but, that happen. Hey, we next got, time. We but get, next time, we, we'd love to have both of you guys on. Boom, boom. And look, I don't know if you want to ever listen to some amazing interviews with KRS or DJ Premier, but they're right. on our website. Check us out, man. I, I think you'll like what you, you hear. And We're, corrupt. What? New favorite corrupt. show. New New favorite Put, show. I don't think there's an artist that you corrupt. Farrell Munch, Redman. Our Redman interview is crazy. Evidence. Oh, yeah, man. So, so, so check us out if you want. It's, it's, it's going to be like 1999 all over again for you, but you'll be listening to episodes of Take It Personal <laughs> <laughs> instead, of, instead of 1994 hip hop. Yeah, you know, we are. We but are you'll hear all the, the 1994 hip hop again. <laughs> nice. Interviewing evidence was like an unripened lemon trying to squeeze all the juice out. <laughs> <laughs> some, some people give us a lot more than others but um I, again thank you for everything i appreciate your time thank love the music guys, keep doing your thing and enjoy the rest of your smoke bro for sure for sure y'all hold right. it down man Thanks, bro. Have a good appreciate it man. be good good night peace yo what up world this is her favorite color holding it down on take it personal radio big shout out to Philip Flavor, Kevlar, A.A. Ron, and DJ36. Y'all know what it is. Peace and love.